are putting a bet on yourself, putting a bet on someone else, or you're putting a bet on a company that they will actually provide you with 10x returns uh, than just like the 1x normal, like the safe and risk averse way. Hello, welcome to Product Brunch. We're two aspiring women in tech looking to help people like us gain industry knowledge in the product world. Now go make some matcha and join us for a quick brunch. Hi everyone, we're super excited to have TK here today. TK is a product manager at Ramp, which is a corporate card spending management startup, and he is also the founder of Interns.Design. Interns.Design have helped tons of design students find opportunities in product design, UI, UX, and research. Welcome, TK. Welcome. Thanks for having me. It would be great to hear a little bit about your background in tech and how you got started. So could you give a brief summary about your career in tech and what you have done so far? Yeah, for sure. So I went to Cornell University where I studied for engineering. Um, I actually went for chemical engineering, but uh, my first semester at Cornell, I wanted to uh, build an app with a friend of mine um, and he, he kind of owned the engineering side. And, uh, you know, I, I was like, OK, I'll handle the business side. You know, I'll do the kind of the marketing, the I'll, I'll get all the students to get on this app. And he was like, no, no, no. Like, I need help on the design. I need someone to you know show me what the design for this bus. We were going to make this like bus uh, tracking application for Ithaca uh, for Cornell's campus. And I was like, well, I have no idea how to design apps. And then I came across this course uh, called Intro Digital Product Design, which was taught by Andrew Aquino, who was a student, a senior at the time and had interned at Facebook. Um, and he was teaching this course around you know, how to actually break into the industry around product design, user experience, and UI design. And so I took this, like, you know, one semester long course that was just pass-fail. That kind of, like, changed my entire career where I learned about what it's like to problem-solve, that design is not just about how it looks, but really how it works. That's kind of where I learned that and kind of really, really fell into this uh, and went down the rabbit hole of product design and decided to switch immediately out of chemical engineering into what we had information science at Cornell. Um, fast forward, I, I spent uh, two summers in the Bay Area at Facebook doing product design on Marketplace and Groups. Um, and then I was actually supposed to return to Facebook full time in the New York office after graduation. But uh, COVID happened and everything changed. And I ended up actually finding out about Ramp, which is the company that I'm at now through another friend who I interned with at Facebook. And I love the, the people at the, at the company. It was growing super quickly, um, really, really talented early team. And I thought I would learn a ton there. And decided to kind of last minute jump into the startup world and join Ramp as a product designer. And I was at Ramp for about a year as a product designer. And then most recently uh, in, in February of this year, I, I switched into the product management role uh, formally and kind of now managing a team of like 10 engineers building products for the spend management team here at Ramp. Wow, that's super exciting. It's crazy to hear how you pivoted from product design into product management. You say you're managing like 10 people as kind of an entry-level product manager. So how has that experience been like? And what made you decide to pivot into a PM role? Yeah, uh, it's definitely, it's super challenging, right? Like there's, I'm not actually like directly like managing not my reports, but it's like a team of engineers that, that I work with and prioritize the things that we are going to build in the next sprint, this sprint, next quarter, next half, next year, strategizing. Um, like how are we gonna build that? What are the right sequences? What are the key jobs to be done of our customers and their key pain points that we need to solve immediately uh, versus later? And what are the areas and opportunities that we can add just delights and user experience uh, magic uh, into our platform? 
I, I decided to switch into product management because a, a goal of mine is definitely to be a founder. Um, I, I would categorize myself as an aspiring founder, always went to hackathons, always went to, uh, you know, worked on side projects at Cornell with my roommates who were engineers. So just because they're engineers, I kind of owned the, the product and both the design side of things when, when I was working with them. Um, and I really like the product aspect of it where, you know, I'm really thinking about the go-to-market strategy. I'm thinking about, you know, the product strategy. I'm thinking about, you know, the customer pain points and also designing the solution myself. But, you know, a lot of that has overlaps between product management and design where like you're doing user research, where you're understanding the customer pain points. You're trying to identify the people problem. You're diverging into, you know, multiple solutions and then converging into the right solution, you know, designing the right thing and designing the thing right. Um, and I think that's where a lot of overlap is. Uh, but I think the, where the where the product manager has more ownership is like they're the key decision maker, right? They, right. they, they are calling the shots on what the team focuses on. They're calling the shots on what the team is prioritizing in, for the next two weeks. Uh, they're calling, you know, the shots on, you know, what is out of scope and what is in scope um, for building this initial product. And they're also collaborating, you know, with, with the go-to-market functions, which could be sales, which could be marketing, um, you know, just a bunch of other side of the business um, and thinking about the pricing, being accountable for metrics. Um, and, and that kind of all goes ties back to my, my goal of being an aspiring founder. It felt like I would learn a ton in the product management world where it will you know, help me train uh, to be a better founder, uh, to understand all the different you know, parts of a business, understand what it's like to work with different stakeholders and get insights. Um, so that in the future that I could be a, uh, a better founder and product person. Wow, that's very, very interesting. The way you mentioned the overlap between product designer versus product manager was really, really interesting. Were there differences between how you worked in a cross-functional team as a product designer versus a product manager? And how did you navigate that? Yeah, I mean, I think they're both pretty similar uh, in the way that like, you are your key stakeholders are engineering you're, you're working with data science you're working with user researchers you might be working with content strategists depending on the size of the company that you're at uh, but i think where where i mean so designers and product managers are always working with those folks i think where product managers work more closely with um, that designers don't is probably the business side of things where they're working with the marketing team to prioritize hey how big is this feature like do we need to make a whole separate marketing landing page do we need to make you know, separate go-to-market motions, do we need to start buying paid ads for this new feature that we're gonna, we're gonna launch. They're also working with the salespeople to give them the story around like why we built this feature. Like how do you even use it, you know, doing the demos. Um, and so the product manager is very much involved in like showcasing the feature and selling this feature um, and, and pitching it to salespeople so that they can go ahead and actually sell it uh, on the ground floor to our customers. And so I think that's kind of where uh, the difference is between like collaboration and then obviously the product design is actually probably way more focused on like how do you design the thing right? Um, like you work very collaboratively on, on like what is the right thing um, and what's the right thing to solve for. Uh, and then the designer is really focused on how do you build this thing right uh, around the user experience, the interface um, and, and the interac interaction uh, from the user overall. Yeah, that's super interesting to hear as well. I think it's hard for product designers to be that involved outside of the pixels in terms of like the business side of it. Personally, I find it really hard like navigating all of the different uh, stakeholders that PM has to do. They have like tons of meetings every day. And I was wondering like what drove your decision to pivot from working at a big tech company like Facebook to um, a smaller startup like Ram? 
Yeah, um, there's actually this really great, like, I guess, word that I, it's kind of been a motto for me um, since our, our co-founder and CTO, Kareem, has, has talked a lot about it. And it's, it's this idea of like asymmetric upside. Um, and so what, are, what does asymmetric upside mean? Is you are putting a bet on yourself and, and you're putting a bet on someone else or you're putting a bet on a company that they will actually provide you with 10x returns um, then just like the 1x normal, like the safe and risk averse way is like, hey, you're going to grow 1x over a year or like, you know, 2x over, you know, year over year. But there's this opportunity where you could be growing 10x year over year. Um, and I think, you know, being at ramp initially, I was only going to be at ramp for three months. But, you know, even like my first weekend, I was shipping product. I was working with design agencies, thinking about a rebrand. I was running our Twitter and LinkedIn accounts. I mean, ramp was only 20 employees back then. And so. Um, I had a ton of ownership, um, and I, I love that. Um, I love kind of the horizontal aspect versus the vertical aspect. Um, and so horizontal is like you, you kind of have a lot of scope, you're, you're owning and you're wearing multiple hats. Um, that's kind of where what you get at a startup. Um, but then when you go to a deep um, or like a larger tech company, you're gonna become like a very verticalized person, where, which means like you're gonna become like probably the best product designer. You're gonna be focused on prototyping. You're gonna be focused on the you know user research. You're gonna be focused on the wireframing, the, you know, all, all of that, like you're going to become like an amazing product designer. But for me, like my interests were in that horizontal area. And so that's kind of where I skewed to, to startups. Um, so that's, that's one. And then obviously the asymmetric upside is two, where I thought that, you know, I truly believe that the growth of the company um, is kind of like the ceiling in the way that you can also grow, right? Like you can't go to Facebook today and uh, I mean, at Facebook, it really depends on the team that you're on. You might be on a zero to one team. It's like a new initiative. They have like a, um, at Facebook, there's a team called like new product experimentation team. So they're like the ones like shipping out crazy new apps. It's not actually Facebook at all, but these like new experimentation apps. Um, I, I don't know an example off the top of my head, but they've been kind of shipping out a bunch of product there to figure out like what's the right, what's the thing that stick around the like, consumer. Um, and, you know, for those teams, maybe you you know the team has higher slope than the rest of Facebook. But if you go to a generalist team at Facebook, um, Facebook is not 10xing next year, right? I mean, it's physically impossible. They have like 3.5 billion people. There's not 35 billion people, right? So it's like <laughs> very very difficult to to 10x versus like when you go to early stage startup or high growth stage startup, there is a ton of opportunity that the t- company will 10x, which means that you can actually follow that curve and go and ramp up really quickly and become you know and grow your career much faster than you would at a probably more comfortable and cushy, uh, bigger tech company. And so that's kind of where I skew to. It, it totally depends on risk appetite, but in my opinion and my advice is like the earlier that you are and the younger that you are um, to, to skew for more um, asymmetric upside because the the cost on the other side is like, okay, well, like this company failed, like it, it's very low for you, right? Like, because you don't have family, you're not, you know, you don't need too much at the moment. So you can take that risk to get that asymmetric upside. So that's kind of why I skewed to startups. Yeah, that's really, really interesting. I think we're so basically brainwashed by schools to join a large firm and get that prestigious job offer. So it's really refreshing to hear about your perspective on big tech versus startup. I was wondering if you had any advice for our listeners about how to determine the right company for you. You mentioned risk averseness, which is something that's super important, but are there any other factors like work culture or industry that can also help people decide the company that's best fit for them? Yeah, um, I think there, there are different stages of a company, right? There's like the super early stage team, maybe like you are 
you know, crazy risk averse, um, and or sorry, not risk averse, so like risk risk taking. So maybe you are crazy risk taking, mm-hmm. and you want to go join like a three person startup um, that didn't even raise any money, but you know, you truly believe in the idea, you truly believe in their vision for this company. And you truly believe that these these founders are you know experts in this industry and they can build and they can ship and deliver on that vision, versus like there might be a company that's like more into like the series series A to C, um, or or even maybe later where it's like you have these like probably like the the mid stage to growth stage right like you know startups uh, where you know they have some kind of traction they have maybe you know there's maybe two two areas like the one that's like before product market fit so like they raise funding so it's a bit more comfortable like there's investors who are backing them um and and you know you're like hey i'm gonna help them try to find product market fit by iterating and then there's the area of like they have product market fit like people need this solution and they've built it right now it's just a matter of scaling it um and it's like the, that's like where the growth stage companies are um and so that might be something that people want to do and it'll, it'll most likely be better for people who are risk averse to go to those uh, hyper growth startups. Like a good example of this, I mean, for people to consider is like a lot of my friends who like maybe like four years ago, um, they had maybe, you know, one offer from Facebook and it was like, Facebook was great. Like, you know, they're doing a tremendous job and, and, and they wanted to join Facebook and they had, they had probably the best offer at the point, right? But then there was other companies where people actually didn't end up getting offers from Facebook and they were kind of sad, but then they ended up finding other opportunities at companies like Robinhood or DoorDash or Airbnb. And they were pre-IPO private companies back then. Mm-hmm. I bet you now those people who actually went to DoorDash and Robinhood and Airbnb made more upside than the people who are at Facebook, right? Like the equity right. value of these companies has shot up um, versus and with the IPO pops. But like, you know, with Facebook, Facebook has also doubled yeah. in that time period, but probably DoorDash and you know, like DoorDash, Coinbase, uh, Robinhood, all these companies have jumped up from their you know, most recent private funding round to their public valuation now. Um, and so that's like another thing to consider, like for people who are risk averse, like even then you can slightly take risk by going to these like, you know, bigger established companies where these companies are still growing fast. Although they're like, sure, like thousand to, you know, 5,000 employees, like they're growing really quickly. And Facebook's at like maybe 50,000 employees, Google's at whatever, and Amazon's like crazy, right? Like it's these companies, like they're still in the early days and the the upside is I think still there uh, for many of them. And I think that's why there's like, if you're a risk averse, potentially go to a pre-IPO bigger company. And so maybe an example of that nowadays is Stripe, right? Like mm-hmm. Stripe is the tremendous, amazing company um, and, and, and they're killing it and they're private and you know, who knows what's gonna happen when they IPO, so. Uh, I think it's a great, great opportunity for, for people to consider um, instead of going to like the big, the fang companies. Yeah, that's really exciting to hear that you have such a good perspective on startups versus big tech. I personally work at Coinbase and I feel like a lot of times I'm, instead of like optimizing pixels, I'm working directly on zero to one products, which is probably the most exciting part of my work. And it's really hard to find that in companies at a bigger size. So I really appreciate that. And on that note, what advice would you give to people transitioning into a product role, but not sure which one they're a better fit for? Yeah, I think some advice for people who, who you know, are thinking about product management versus product design. Um, I think my take on this is like, you should have a clear value add to the company. Like, I think in my opinion, product management roles have been really sought after and kind of been glorified. Um, in a way that people 
are trying to all be PMs, like engineers want to be PMs, designers want to be PMs, um, you know, consultants, investment bankers somehow want to be PMs. <laughs> um, and, and, and there's been people who, who've been in consulting who, who's kind of switched into a product management role and they're, they're really good at what they do because they are, they're very good with data. They're very good with spreadsheets. They're very good with data. Um, designers can be successful PMs because they really understand the pain points uh, that the user has. Yeah. They understand you know, uh, the delights and the things that they need to add to drive customer satisfaction. They can really get to the bottom of the pain point uh, a customer's having. Um, engineers can be fantastic PMs because they understand the technical implementation, the engineering effort needed to execute on, on something, right? Uh, and, and build and build a successful product. And so all these people who are switching into product management have a clear, clear like value add. It's like, hey, I, I come from this perspective, I'm able to do it. And I think a lot of PMs don't end up just, you know, going to be PMs, like they have their backgrounds. Like if you see these like new grad PMs going to Google APM, Facebook RPM, you know, they, they probably intern as engineers at Facebook or they probably intern as startups um, and kind of transition into a PM role. I think it's super important to understand and know where your skills are and like what is your clear one value add to the company. And that's the kind of the foot in the door to switch into product management or land product management roles. Um, because without that, without no clear need and just uh, or clear value add where you just kind of like, hey, I want to be a product manager because I'm good at writing documents or presentations or slides or whatever, like that's not going to cut it. Like there needs to be a clear, unique perspective and skill set that you bring to the table. Um, so that's on kind of landing product management roles maybe because I kind of uh, curved the question. But going back to the question around product design versus product management, I think people... I actually don't know, like, you have to choose, like, mm -hmm. one or the other, or, like, I think it's more so, like, people become product managers because they want to more, work more closely with engineering, with the business side, maybe they're aspiring founders, um, I think product management is a great role for that, um, if you want to just be focused on, like, building the best product, um, and, 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 you know, really focused on, like, building the best user experience, I think product design uh, is a great way to do that as well, um, and it doesn't mean that as a product designer, you can't have influence on the product roadmap and the product strategy, like, Product designers are key stakeholders for the product manager in deciding what the team builds and what the team is focused on, the team's mission, and all of that. And so I think um, it, it, you, you can get both of it in both, both places. So I think it's really just about like what excites you more, right? Like product designer is gonna have more spikes on actually going into Figma and actually pushing pixels and prototyping. If that brings you joy, like, hey, go pursue product design. If you want to work more closely with, you know, other stakeholders on the business side and be accountable for metrics and being a, you know, a lot of meetings. Like if that's something that excites you, like uh, definitely go after and pursue product management. Um, I think there's a ton of resources out there, like Lenny Wachowski, who who used to be ex Airbnb uh, growth PM. Like he has a ton of like articles about like, hey, should you is product management the right fit for you? How to break into product management? So uh, definitely a great resource to check out for people uh, who are interested in product management. Yeah. These are some amazing advice for people that are recruiting. These are going to be critical to their decisions on what they want to pursue at whatever type of company they're looking at. And actually, we were looking into um, what you have been doing in the past. And I found that your intern's design platform was really, really successful. And actually, Rose told me that she found her job through your platform. Crazy, yeah. I actually found my Coinbase internship through TK's platform. It was this like random link, and I bought him like four coffees after I got the <laughs> offer. <laughs> yeah, it was it was like insane because I feel like this 
website that you're building is impacting a ton of design students in the world and you probably don't even know how much joy it actually brings these people. I found my last internship through a website as well at Lending Tree, so super awesome. Um, just wondering, can you share your experience building the website and why you started it? Yeah, uh, for sure. And super excited that you found both of your positions um, through that and um, definitely here at time to time. And it, 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 I definitely feel like there's, there's value added to the community. And I think that was like the, the, the core thesis around interns.design was like, a lot of people want to break into product design roles, uh, user experience design roles, user experience research roles, UI designer roles, um, and people don't know where many opportunities are, right? Like a lot of recruiters who go to career fairs are like mostly pitching, you know, engineering roles. And like a lot of design recruiters don't go to these recruiting events. So there's like specific target schools that are design specific where they go and hire designers. Um, and so where's a better platform than the internet to, to you know, <laughs> showcase um, different roles yeah. and opportunities out in the industry? Um, and so initially in terms of design I actually started as like just like a Dropbox paper uh, where I wow. shared with the Cornell design community because I was just like, you know, researching and putting together uh, job listings for the course that I was teaching intro digital product design. Um, and so one of the lectures I teach there is career and then I would share this resource and, you know, once people are ready, they'll start applying to these roles with the portfolios that they've created throughout the class. And I started seeing like other people, I mean, Dropbox paper is creepy in a way where you can <laughs> see like who's viewed the document and the email address. And I was taking a look and people from like Berkeley, people from CMU, people from other places were actually checking out this document. And so it has organic, it was like organically right. sharing across their friend groups and people from back home, from high school, from college, whoever was kind of like looking at this document to, to see new job listings. Um, and so I think it was like a Thanksgiving break, my, my, my either my sophomore or junior college where I was like, hey, I wanted to pick up React and like learn front-end development. Like this might be the perfect opportunity to do so. And so that's kind of when I hacked on it over a weekend and built interns.design um, and, and turned it into uh, the platform it is today. Um, and in the past year, it's it's grown really, really large. Um, I think it was like seeing like 10,000 monthly oh, wow. active visitors, wow. um, people clicking a lot, a ton, ton of links. Um, and then I wanted to do more with it earlier this year. So like earlier, in the year I created a sub stack because you know, people were signing up for the newsletter, but I actually never sent a newsletter until like January 1st of 2021. Um, and that's kind of when I sent some, some articles and, and, and tips on how to do design recruiting, how to do portfolio case studies, how to set up your portfolio, uh, how to do the portfolio review. Um, and and kind of did some uh, interview some folks uh, in the design industry to gain, you know, share more insight, what it's like to be a designer and how to level up from an entry level designer to a senior level designer to to head of design somewhere. Um, and unfortunately, like due to bandwidth and, you know, as a PM, you have to prioritize. I haven't been able to prioritize much for interns <laughs> of design, um, but hoping to, you know, bring back the community um, and, and start sharing more opportunities again. Um, and so hopefully more updates there coming soon. But yeah, it's been exciting to see people um, who found opportunities and have landed, you know, internships to full-time, you know, jobs uh, through interns of design. Amazing. That's incredibly exciting. And I'm so happy that this website is there and is a great resource for people to use. We're at the end of our questions, but do you have any other advice for aspiring product designers or product managers looking to break into the field? I think it takes a lot of effort. Like, I think it's not something that like you, you just do and things will come. Like, you, I, I think a lot of it you do have to chase, um, especially because a lot of these roles are maybe hidden or may not be as visible. Uh, may not be, you know, coming straight to you at your school's campus. Um, and so you really have to like put yourself out there. And so 
one advice like design Twitter has been helpful. I know um, people have you know opinions about Twitter, but I think it's actually an amazing place for people to connect with other designers, connect with founders, connect with you know folks in the industry, and 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 get opportunities via Twitter by having presence there. And so you know, start sharing your case studies, start sharing random prototypes that you hack on, random designs that you know doing or you know maybe nfts that you're working on potentially and like sharing them with the community i think is a great way to to build distribution and build a community of folks that you're connected to and so i would totally recommend twitter as one of those sources um another one is like really you know doing the cold outreach so like think about it as like you're trying to sell yourself to these companies like you have to like you know send a lot of emails right like even at these like b2b you know software as a service companies like they have these like outbound teams where they're like literally like cold emailing a bunch of these customers like, hey, do you want to buy our software? Do you want to buy our software? And in a way, you have to do that outreach where it's not just about like going to you know a, a job list job listing or open position and like submitting and doing a resume drop. Like you should totally reach out to these folks and you know with your resume, with your experience, with your portfolio, and be like, hey, I'm super interested and deeply interested in your company. This is how I can add value. Uh, this is why I'm interested and then send that resume uh, and cold email. And many people, I think, the, the great thing about the design industry is that people are so welcoming and, and so friendly, I think, and, and so collaborative, and they're so supportive that they will probably respond to your email. Like, I get a ton of emails, and I try to respond to them, right. you know, as many of them as possible, um, and try to schedule as much time as possible with these folks who are trying to break out into the design industry, trying to break out into uh, the product management industry. and. I think people are really helpful and so definitely take advantage of that and and reach out to these people in the industry find them on linkedin find them on twitter um, try to find their email address or contact them via linkedin and twitter um, and i have some articles about how to cold email but um, i think that those are also great ways to um, connect with folks and lend opportunities amazing these are some incredible advice and i think for all of our listeners they would be happy to hear about anything else they can do to break into the industry. I'm super happy that we are able to host you today. It's awesome having you. Yes, thank you, TK, for joining us today on Product Brunch. It was fascinating to learn about how you decided to jumpstart your career in product, as well as how you approach entrepreneurship. To our listeners, we hope this episode brings you a new perspective on your career, and we will see you again at our next episode. Mm-hmm.